Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. And welcome to Habs Unfiltered, episode 377. I'm your host, Blaine Padme, and I'm joined by my co-host, Matt Smith. Good evening. It is a great evening. Uh, we've been without a show for a little over a week, because everybody's super busy, but here we are. We found some time, finally. It's about time. <laughs> I, I have to admit, it's mostly my fault. Um, you know, it's kind of... Kind of difficult to uh, run a department and uh, find enough time to record shows, especially when you're babysitting a bunch of adults, so-called adults. Yeah, it's just bad timing, though. Like start of the season, everyone yeah. wants to everyone wants to be talking about hockey, and here we are, kind of missing the missing it. But it is what it is. You know, careers come first, unfortunately. Yeah, the ones that pay me the most—that's what I focus on. That's right. So if anyone's listening, if you want to hear Still from paying. us a little bit more often, start throwing some money out. Uh, all right. So in this one, we're going to talk a little bit about some of the news that's been coming out of the Canadians sphere lately. So injuries, but not just injuries, opportunities. So why don't we just start it off? Uh, is there an injury curse? I don't know if it's a curse, but it's kind of start, it's starting to go down, starting to go down that uh, that alleyway, to be honest. I don't know if someone's got a voodoo doll or there's a hex or something. I don't know if someone crossed a black cat or whatever the hell happened. Right. But it just seems that it's the, the one thing that we talked about multiple times in the preseason is like, if the Canadians can stay healthy, if the Canadians can stay healthy and two games into the season, um, you lose your second line center on, on a line on a guy that, um, started the season quite well looked good during the preseason and we kind of looked at each other and said like hey Montreal finally has a second line you don't have to um ask Suzuki to do too much but now we're two games into the year well now three games into the year uh one obviously without Doc and we're already asking Suzuki to ask for too much so it's uh he's already he's already averaging just over or just under 21 minutes a game and I'd like to see that number get down uh, sooner than later. So with Dvorak coming back, he skated today in a regular jersey, but they're still saying he's going to be out for another little while. Um, it's it's a positive, but I'm hoping that's not just him and the staff saying like, hey, um, how are you feeling? Because you need to go in as opposed to him being 100%. Yeah. And, and with Doc, what hurts the most is he looked poised for a true breakout. He did. Like he he was playing like a first line center. He had full control of the game, controlled possession. He was dictating the pace. He looked amazing. Even it, even though the Canadians lost that first game, his line dominated possession stats, and they were playing yeah. against the top six in Toronto. So right. seeing him get hurt like that in the second game really sucks because it looked like he was just about ready to really break through. Uh, 
but the good news is that he's only 22 years old. He'll be 23 by the time next season rolls around. So he's still extremely young and he's still got that opportunity to have that breakout. Right. So while it it sucks hard, (laughs) it could be worse. It's true. But again, like he was injured last year, played 58 games last year. He was injured. Now this year, you only get two games in, miss the rest of the year. And then it's, work and get that uh, mobility back and get back into game shape and you know you lose another year yeah so it, it and, is a little it is a little bit and, concerning it is he a missed a year when he was with chicago yeah so now that's that's two full seasons lost and yeah. half of another one right and he's only been he's only been in the league for four uh, this was his fourth year right but he's, he's only like, had one full year like you look at the hit, and we've we've seen this hit multiple times, and I don't think there was any yeah. malicious intent there from Tenorti no. or anything. It was it was a hockey hit. It was, you know, I didn't think it was going to be as bad as what it was. When they started saying, you know, t- a torn ACL, torn MCL, I'm like, what, really? And now all of a sudden we lose this guy for the season again. Don't think there was malicious intent there. It was a it was a hockey play. We've seen it many times. It's just. To miss a full season, and then he had that memory of that freak injury at the uh, the World yeah. Juniors, where his yeah. you know his wrists looked like Deadpool's hands, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, I I don't know. Like I I I, I want to uh, I want to look at this guy and say that he can be a, a you know a solid two way center for the Canadians that can play a little bit of a heavier game when needed. But at the same time, it's like, how is he going to play coming back next year? And we don't know. So I'm I'm no. I'm a little bit nervous going forward with him, but I still think that he's a big part of this team moving forward. I agree. I really do think that he could he could truly be a centerpiece for uh, what the Canadians are doing if they can fix this damn curse. Like, did somebody drink Joe Boo's rum? Like what? Said, what the hell's going on? It's hard to say, man. It's uh, it's they said it's the thing that we were kind of the most worried about. And it's already started. Yeah, because you lose you lose Doc for an entire season, then Gooley, but is he's day to day? But is he going to be week to week? Nobody, like the official is day to day. Yeah, but Kovacevic let it drop. Uh, hope he comes back in a couple of weeks. So that's another guy down. You got two guys down. Dvorak's still not back yet because he won't be back until November, like you said. So what does this do? It it kind of opens things up, and it's like St. Louis said, the next man up has to step up. Well, we've already seen that Newhook is is uh, is shifted. Um, they're going to rely more on um, Sean Monahan, which they did last year as well, and he played very well up until he was injured. And he was playing with an injury for the majority of that time. Um, he doesn't do it again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it's going to be, uh, as you said, the next man up, it's, it's going to be uh, juggling the lines a little bit, trying to find some cohesion early in the season and um, try to maximize your, uh, try to maximize what you can get out of your team. Um, for me, I'm just going to throw Michael Pesetta's name out there. The Minnesota game was a 
fucking train wreck to say the least oh my god it was terrible but and i'm not going to get into it heavy but you look at a guy at Pizzetta that finally got into the lineup because of these injuries even though he played 546 like he was he was finishing his checks uh he was challenged twice to fights he fought so and he he obliged both times uh he had six hits and um he was out there doing what he needed to do i don't think he needs to fight twice a game but um a fourth line player that's engaging the body that's getting under the skin of uh of the other team that's what you want to see in your fourth line um but it's going to be hard to say what these lines are going to start looking like. I like to see some of these guys, uh, you know, kind of grab the bull by the horns and take that next, uh, take that next step yeah. in their development. I think it's an excellent opportunity for a guy like Harvey Pinard or Yelonen or even Jake Evans to, uh, to take that next step. Um, we haven't seen any call-ups yet, but so far, so far it's been the newcomer in new hook that has, scored the three scored three goals and he's leading the leading the team uh in goals uh tanner pearson's got a couple which kind of came out of nowhere but you know two rocket shots that he's uh put in so far um but we'll see i like to see i like to see uh a little bit more out of gallagher but uh but i find yeah. that progress i find that progression's coming though like I, I i find that he's starting to do those things but when I look at holes in the lineup based off of a, off of an injury, mm-hmm. you've got a guy in doc who is probably, you could probably pencil in for probably 50 points and yeah. in, in the things that he does it all, it opens up, it opens up a power play position. It opens up a second line center position, et cetera, but it's going to be, who's going to be the one that's going to pin that position down or who's going to be that individual you can put in on this power play position that's going to be able to pin that down because the power play is still awful. Well, before we get to the power play, we'll stick with uh, the openings here with new hook moving over. He's, he's the one that essentially takes over doc's position. Yeah. So that opens up spots on the wing. Now right. you mentioned Harvey Pinard, and I see, I, I see Gallagher in his youth in this guy. I do. Too. He, he's a, he's, he's just a little spark plug. He keeps going and going and going and going. And now he's on the top line and he is playing well on the top line. It's not ideal for him to be there, but he's taking advantage of that, that opportunity, which opens up another wing position. I know Pizzetta's in it, but I would have assumed had he not been hurt in Laval, Emil Heineman might've gotten the call up. Yeah. That's, but another, he got that's another injury. Yeah. <laughs> And Reinbacher in, in Europe, he he got hurt. He's out a couple of weeks. Like it's just, right. it's snowballing, and everybody's freaking hurt. And I swear to God, I didn't drink, but somebody did. <laughs> yeah. But um, no, I, you're right though. There's an op- there's openings in the power play now. Like it, you look at the power play uh, setup that they have now, and it doesn't really strike fear in the hearts of anyone. Like yeah. I, I don't understand why they went with their the lineup they have. Slavkovsky is on the power play, but he's on the second wave. Anderson, who hasn't done much, especially on the power play, don't I love Anderson's game, but on the power play, he's really he doesn't bring a lot to it. Where Slavkovsky could. Or at the very least, they should give him that chance. Right. 
So I don't know what their what their setup is going to be because the current setup on that power play um, is not good. No, it's it's struggling. It really is. And another thing that we talked about, something that they had to improve in, and it's it's not. It is not. It is not improved. Um, they're five on five play. If they can keep the game five on five, they're going to have close games. They're going to have good games, but their, their power play and their penalty kill just awful. Yeah. And that's where they're losing. It's, it's not like the penalty kills not doing its job. It's over 80%. So they're doing okay there. It's the power play because they're giving up more goals than they're scoring on the power play. Yeah. Which yeah. holy shit. <laughs> How bad is your power play when you get outscored while on power play? Yeah. And th- I think the biggest issue here beyond a really poor power play is they're overtaxing their penalty killers as well because they lead the league in minor penalties. Yeah. Essentially, like this, this big brutish Montreal Canadiens roster. Yeah. Yeah. Essentially, they're they're shorthanded for a full period every game. That's the average they've got. Yeah. Like in three games, they've essentially been shorthanded for a full game. That's oh, insane. It's insane. Like it is. You look at this team, and it's like, why? <laughs> why do you keep yeah. doing this? And some of them, like some of the games that that we've seen so far, some of the calls have just been like, Are you, really? Are yeah. you really going to call that? Some are kind of no-brainers, but you know we've seen a you know the Domi one where he kind of got touched and he fell down, or Sloosh. the the phantom high stick the other night, or anything like that. And those are going to happen, but the fact that they're they're happening at the same time as all the other calls, and they're cracking down on on certain plays, yeah. and the Canadians are getting called for that, like it's like the hooking there's, calls, like well, stuff like you're not going to see in later yeah, in the but, season. But there's but there's taking penalties. And then there's yeah. being able to kill that penalty, and they and, right. and their special team is awful. Like take that book and burn it, and then take that bin you burned it in and throw it in something and light that on fire, and like it's it's abysmal. It's 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 horrendous. And the fact that they're they're well the the penalty kill, despite being completely overworked, has done okay. Like we can't really fault them. They're over 80%. That's good. Um, but being shorthanded so often and not just be not just getting called for questionable calls or borderline calls, like they deserve a lot of these calls. And they're making they're they're taking these penalties in the worst possible places, like in offensive zone penalties, a ton of them. Like to the fact at a point that Marty St. Louis, you can see you can hear him rolling his eyes over the crowd. Yeah. It's that bad. So the lack of discipline is a true issue. If they want to stay, like, like you said, five on five, they're winning the possession battles. They have to stay five on five to be competitive. They're yeah. not doing it. Something's got to change. Well, we're three games and, into the, like, it, like it's, it's kind of embarrassing. We're three games into the year and we're already talking about, you know, a second line center being out, a top four defenseman being out, the power play being shit, taking too many penalties, um, penalty kill being shit. Like we're three games into the year. 
Yeah, and I understand it's a rebuild, but the expectations for this season were higher than for last. I mean, last yeah. season, yeah. there wasn't a lot of pressure or any. This year, you want to see progression. You want to see them improving. Now, five on five, there's improvement there. Yeah. But everywhere else, no improvement. No. I mean, it's, it might even it's, got worse. <laughs> the power play is about as bad as it always was. Yeah. Like it's marginally better, like by 0.1%. And the penalty kill has improved by about 10%. But you're you're putting yourself behind the eight ball by taking so many penalties. Yeah. And it's just hurting your penalty kill. But with all of this going on, with all the injuries, it does open opportunities for the youth. It does. And with, you know, with um, a bunch of games coming up, I'm wondering if they're going to use a call up or they're going to, or they're going to do something in that regard. But uh, it, it's hard to say it's, I would like to see some cohesion in the lines. I like to see a little bit of chemistry and it's uh, three games in, we're already line blending and it's, there's, there's, kind of there's being forced. It is. It is. Yeah. Now, I, I do see some chemistry with clearly Suzuki Caulfield. The next line with New Hook and Slavkovsky, those two have shown very good chemistry together so far. So far, so good. So yeah. that could be the other pair in the top six. I don't know who else the, uh, who would fit better there. Um, uh, Anderson, Monahan. Personally, I think Monahan would be a good fit there. To you know, when maybe when Dvorak, maybe when Dvorak gets back. That's right. Yeah. But the biggest the biggest opportunity, the biggest opening right now that I see is for Baron. Baron had a kind of eh camp and he's been oh, it was worse a healthy than, scratch. It was it was worse than eh for me. Yeah. <laughs> it was so he, terrible. <laughs> yeah. He did not have a good one. Let's put it no. that way. And we even talked about that too. That he's a slow yeah. starter and that he needs to yeah. come out and be be uh because he's waiver exempt, he could be a guy that could just be thrown down. And instead, True. he's just been practicing. They've got him. Yeah, they've got him on the NHL roster. And this injury to Gooley is an opening for him. Uh, uh, there's a lot of people have been talking about Norlander. But Norlander being a left-handed defenseman. Yeah, it makes sense because Gooley's left-handed. But you have to keep in mind, Harris is playing on the right side. As it is right now. With Gooley out, that opens the door for them to move Harris back to the left side leaving a gap on the right. Right. Which, if if Barron can step in and play like he did last season, he, he seems to be someone that you need to give him um, trust in advance. Kind of say, here's an opportunity, don't let me down. And then that kind of builds his confidence. Whereas him right. fighting for that spot, I don't know why. But yeah, fighting for the, the spot, he's a, he's a completely different player. Yeah, but it seems yeah. that when it's like, hey, okay, you're the guy, go play. Boom, and he's the guy. Yeah. So this this opening here now with Gooley out for probably a couple weeks, this gives him a chance to play two or three games. And I think you're right with the call-ups. They would have made a call-up already, except for the fact that the Canadians only play four games in the first two weeks, and they're, right. they're at home. Yeah. So there's no... There's no impetus for them yeah, to make they, a call they, up. Yeah, they get a busy, the busy week starts next week. I think they play four games in five nights or four games in six nights or something like that. Yeah. Exactly. And yeah. that's when I think the call-ups are going to happen. Yeah. They're trying to, right they're now, trying to, 
We got yes. our game game on Saturday against the Caps, Monday against the Sabres, Tuesday against the Devils, Thursday against the Blue Jackets, Saturday against the Jets. It's a busy week. Yeah. And because of that, and, and, and some of those games are going to be on the road, so they're going to be coming the, and going just, a lot. Just the one. Just the Sabres. Oh, say, uh, well, yeah, just the, yeah, just the Sabres, yeah. Still, they got to travel, come back the next day. They got to, you know, there's there's a lot of t- there's a lot of hockey in that week, and I I can see it a call up at that point, but also one other opportunity might open up because of that compressed schedule for next week, and that's Primo might actually get a start, he very which well I think could, he yeah. really if, should. If they've got him up with the uh, if they got him up with the NHL squad, they may as well play him. Like we're seeing um, subpar goaltending right now in Laval. They could definitely use him down there, but again, they're scared that yeah. they're going to lose him on waivers. Um, I think that he'd be, I would rather see him play than sit. I still think that there is a, there's something in there in the organization for him. I still think that there's a massive hole at goaltending. Um, this isn't a knock on Allen and Montembeau, but I'm looking at, the guy that was before them and Carey Price. And when you look at the Canadians, you're thinking you like, you automatically think of Carey Price and a team that always, I'm not going to say always relied on their goaltending, but they always relied on their goaltending. Right. And now they can't do that as much. And they're not as free with the puck and they're not as, uh, I don't know. They're just not as, um, it's the word I'm looking for. They're not as uh, confident, I guess. Yeah. Right. More loose, and, loose, yeah, loose, confident, yeah, whatever, yeah, confident. It's all the same. Um, yeah. uh, you're right. They're they're not, and you're looking at the goaltending. And it's, I'm not saying that, like you, like you, I'm not saying they're bad. But when you're looking ahead in this rebuild, do you see one of them being an, a legitimate starter? And right now, nobody no. really has taken that. Like I know there's talk of Montembeau possibly getting to that that part, but he hasn't done it yet. He hasn't shown it, yet. it. I haven't seen it. He he right now, if you bring in another guy, he could be like a one B, but he's not a starter. Yeah. No. Right? And you put him against most of the goalies in the league that are starters right now, and he'd be a backup to that person. Yeah. Absolutely. Right? Like right and... now, they're the they're the best options that the Canadians have right now. But if uh you know, Montreal can kind of step back and stop taking so many penalties and get healthy and do all the things they need to do right. If it's the goaltending that's costing them games, it might have to be something they start looking into. I'm not going to say start, you know, waving the flags and say, you know, the season's over and the sirens are going off. We need to make a trade or anything, but it might be something they might have to look at in the future. Look at a team that's, that's got two goaltenders, or yeah. even look at free agency and pay the bucks because right now their best option is Fowler, in my opinion, and he's going to be a few years away at least. Yeah, easily, and that's why it's it's important to get Primo some time. Like you can't just sit on a bench and not play. You don't yeah. develop that way. I don't... And I'm a little, but I'm a little bit scared that they put him into a game and he hasn't been in game action since preseason. He's been overwhelmed, right? Yeah. And he gets overwhelmed, and then all of a sudden there goes his confidence again, and yeah, and then the team turn, not the team turns on, but the fans turn on him and go yeah. from there, right? So, 
which takes us down to the rocket. And you talked about Dobash, friend of the show, yeah. Jakob. He's having a difficult start to the season. Yeah. So he gave up five goals in his opening game. And then he kind of gave up the net to uh, Strauss Mann. Now, Mann played a little bit better, but the Rockets still haven't won a game yet. No, the only the, highlight the one there. Point. Yeah. Yeah, and just the one point. And and they had to come back from a 4-1 deficit to, they did, to yeah. overtime. And in that same game against Rochester, Strauss Mann scored a goal. Yeah. <laughs> Started the comeback. <laughs> Started the comeback. Yeah. His was the first goal of the game. Yeah. For for them. So you're looking at you're looking at Laval, and there's a lot of expectations placed on them. People before was... the season started. Oh, yeah, I was expecting yeah. so much more out of them. Way more. I know it's early. They're only a few games in, but they haven't looked very good at all. No, they haven't. And it's and it's the same, it's the same kind of things that we're seeing with with Canadians. And it's, it's you know, issues on defense or issues with the penalty kill or issues with power play or anything like that, right? It's systemic, yeah. Now, because you're having such a difficult time, and then you have someone like Emil Heinemann getting hurt by running into a freaking referee. Um, you'd think that Mishar, Philip Mishar would get more time, but he, he's not getting a lot of time. He, he's dressing for the game on Friday night. Uh, as we record, it's Friday night, the 20th of October, and he's dressed for that game, but he's on the fourth line. He's not being given, you know, quality time. So I think it would be best if he went back to the OHL. It might be a good plan, to be honest. Um, Kitchener is a much better team than what they were last year. Um, that's where he still his rights belong to. And um, yeah. as we record, I believe they've got the highest offensive output in the league right now. So you put um, him with you put that. right you put him with the right players, then that's a boost right there to your lineup, and it's a. Uh, it should be a boost to his confidence as well. Like, I don't know if it's going to kick him down at the same time as going from pro hockey to uh, back to the, back to junior, but being around a, a winning culture in Kitchener with players that can put the puck in the net. Maybe if he can contribute to that success, it might lead to better things for him. I, uh, yeah, I think so. And I don't think it's, um, it would be a slap to him or hurt his confidence at all because he did talk about it. And he did say that, you know, he just essentially he was saying he needs to play and he's yes. right. Yeah. So it doesn't matter if he's playing in and playing the game, in game or but, pro. Yeah. But like, yeah. And as you said, missing, missing games, um, missing games just to sit in the, in the press box or play fourth line minute for a young guy that's still junior eligible. It should be a no brainer. Let let yeah. some let some AHL journeyman take that position. Not a guy that you want to look at for the future. And you you got him on the fourth line. You got him playing, you know, mop up minutes. He's not doing very much of anything. He's not getting power play, like you said. And then you look at the Kitchener Rangers, who are leading the OHL in goal scored, and they're six and two. They're a strong team. They're they're looking much much better than they did last year. And you think. He'd be a great fit playing there. He'd be a top six player for sure Easily. with them. Easily, yeah. So why not just send him back? He'll 
be on the power play. He'll play top six. He'll be exposed to the best players in his age group. So why not? And it opens him up to play the world juniors again. Yes. So honestly, development wise, I think he'd be better off. It'd be interesting to see over the next few days what happens. Yeah. Because uh, if like, they're... Yeah. If he doesn't step up, if he doesn't step up soon in Laval, he's got an assist so far tonight uh, after the first yeah. period. But if he doesn't step up, um, I said, you can, you, you, you don't want to, you don't want to um, utilize that guy in that position. True. And I don't think it has anything to do with him per se. I think even if he scored, you know, a goal and an assist in this game, it's still, they're still not giving him the prime opportunities that he needs to develop his game. You want this guy to be to develop his offensive game. He's not going to get to do that playing on a fourth line with fourth line AHLers, like you said. Very true. Very true. So if you're if they're preaching development, you got to put guys into the roles that you want them to become. And if he's not doing it at Laval and he's still able to play in the juniors, send him back. Um, all right. So that's pretty much it for this episode. Uh, any final thoughts? Um, this is obviously a Canadian space show. However, I'm going to throw this out here. A uh, friend of the show, Mike Camito has his uh, new book out. It's about the Maple Leafs. I know. But it's called we Leafs. Lo- we, love called- we, love yeah. we love Mike. We love Mike. We love Mike. Um, he has actually his <laughs> next book is going to be about the Canadians. So everyone's going to go out and buy that. Uh, yeah. we'll, we'll promote the shit out of that, but, um, still he's, uh, he's on his, he's on his third book now. Uh, it's called Leafs 365. Uh, it's a bunch of stories to do with the Canadian or to do with the Canadians. Some of them probably have to do with the Canadians, but it's 365 Leafs related, uh, stories. Um, they're, they're great books. They make a great gift. Uh, you can buy them at chapters, etc. Uh, if you're in Sudbury, go check him out. Uh, he's doing a book signing. I know that very soon um again he's a great guy he's a he's got a great head on his shoulders he loves the game of hockey and uh you know look him up on twitter and you'll see uh he puts out on this day for uh throughout the league every day and uh he's a he's a must follow and again he's a great guy so if you're a leafs fan or you know that you're listening and you're listening to the show thank you and if you're (laughs) a um if you're just if you're just uh a hockey fans listen to the show and you know someone that uh, would like a gift like that again it's called uh, Leafs 365 and uh, you won't be disappointed yeah and I'm sure that the sales of that book are going to pale in comparison to the Habs 365 I think <laughs> I think the Habs book is probably going to sell three books to each one more Leaf likely. book more than likely three to one yeah three to one yeah <laughs> so yeah no definitely definitely give Mike a follow um, and for me, uh, sticking with Sudbury, uh, Dalibor Dvorsky has just signed with the Sudbury Wolves. And as we speak tonight, he is making his debut with the Wolves in Sudbury. So go Wolves, go, really. <laughs> the town I grew up in is finally starting to show big things now that I'm gone. Yeah. Do they still have that wolf that goes when they score the goal? Yes. Howler still the, goes on, up the, and down, on yeah. the zip line. <laughs> yeah. Nice. The best, the best goal celebration in hockey, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I want to thank everybody for tuning in. I want to apologize. I know that 
we've gone from two shows a week to one every week. Uh, and it's probably going to stay in that realm, uh, especially with me beginning my workups uh, on board ship, Treg doing his competitions and dealing with some family issues. And Matt, you're you're always busy with the Air Force for some reason. <laughs> I am. <laughs> and I'll be deploying soon too. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but you're going someplace cool for once. Yeah. I'm just hanging out in the middle of the ocean. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, I just want to thank everybody for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sticking with us. Uh, keep the emails coming. Keep interacting with our social media accounts. We really, really do love hearing from you guys. If you have ideas you want to hear on the show, by all means, send some stuff our way. And heck, maybe uh, maybe we'll you know bring you on sometime if, if you ask the right stuff. So again, thank you very much for listening. And remember, if you're talking about it, so are we. Do, did, will. The Story of People podcast is now available on the Crier Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people, he, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast, heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from jeffwoodsradio.com.